is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joe, my host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we have the Aston Villa match review. That's right, the Matt Law London Is Blue derby is officially uh, completed for the day. And boy, oh boy, did Matt predict this one. <laughs> he sure he sure did. Um, we will not reveal uh, private texts on, on this here podcast, but uh, I don't think he was very optimistic heading into this one, Dan. Is that fair to say? I would say that's accurate. That would be an accurate portrayal. That would not offend him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, again, we'll have lots to cover in this one. Uh, anytime you're coming off yet another victory match review, it's always a good time. Uh, Potter's been providing quite a few of those. But specifically in this one, we're going to be touching on Kepa's highlight reel of a match and how Mason Mount's brace keeps the good times rolling. Uh, then we'll touch on the crucial subs by Potter to remedy a disjointed starting 11. But before we get into it, we always have to hit on the three-word match for you, Dan. We want to go ahead and and see where the people are at. Really set the tone by connecting to the lovely listeners out there. That's right, and we had wonderful three-word match reviews for this one. Uh, we'll start out with Chris Kelly with just the, holy shit, Keppa. Yep, it's <laughs> yes, exactly. We might be done here. Snacks with the Keppa mounts villains. You know, JW with the keppa three points. And Maverick with the Ke- uh, Keppa the Gandalf, as in You Shall Not Pass, which mm-hmm. is also very apt. Southeast Blues with the Midlands Get Mounted. Our good friend Mike Ryan-Wees with Hit the Valve. A little reference back to a uh, wonderful Mason Mount video from your <laughs> uh, Ashwat with the Happy Thanksgivings. I like Get this. It? I like this <laughs> one. It's really good. Uh, you know, James with the capitalizing on mistakes and Mr. Thurman just continuing the trend on Basque in glory. Basque spelled like a region in Spain where one Keppa did his uh, did his youth soccer. So yes. Correct. It's important for those who can't read it physically yes. that they have an opportunity to understand why it's, it is humorous. It's well done, Mr. Thurman. Uh, it is always good to hear from the clever people that we have out there. Um, for us though, I actually, uh, this is kind of fun. Uh, I was, uh, on stream and found that, uh, a villain fan pod tweeted, you have three words only sounds familiar. Hmm. So I thought I'd browse through some of these and look, honestly, guys, I have a lot of options. Uh, sack (laughs) slippy G is in here. (laughs) Thought that was pretty good. Uh, we deserve better. Return to championship. I mean, look, there's a lot, so I'm just going to just stop there. But um, if you're going to imitate us, at least we're getting some comedy relief out of it. So uh, thank you so much, Villa Fan Pod. <laughs> Your replies were quite delightful. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with injury-free game. We need as many of these injury-free games as possible uh, because we've, we've had a, a bad run of it. Um, and so to see no limping, no catastrophic injuries, no people taken out on stretchers, only one shoe lost during the game. I, I think we're I think we're in pretty good shape. And I went with the Blues make do because this is certainly not Graham Potter's favorite 11. And Chelsea still managed to, even on maybe the opposite of a expected goals, the expected Keppas won out. Well, uh, I, I tell you what, it might be one of those matches where uh, a starting 11 of Keppas could win the Premier League if Jose <laughs> were around. But no, 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 we won't. Wow. We won't get there. Um, some, some some FIFA similar uh, needs to do that. Yeah. Needs to be <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, some gratitudes before we get into it. You help us. We shout you out. Quid pro quo. It's pretty simple, Dan. Yeah, uh, nothing on Patreon here, but hey, you know, we've got wonderful people who support us on Patreon and our Discord community, so thank you for doing that. Wonderful way to support the podcast. We want to thank JML Bears 95 the Golden Boy Goalkeeper, Harminder uh, Passanth, and Scotty D. Nola, all leaving wonderful five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. A little bit of a flood of five-star reviews in there after a little bit of a drought, so you know what? It's, uh, you know, dry season's over. And then on Spotify, we're still on 49 out of five on fifteen hundred plus reviews, we're just pushing to that sixteen hundred because we want to get closer to ESPN FCs of nineteen hundred. So help us out there. We appreciate it. We, we appreciate the uh, the feedback on the famous CFC too. I know Rick and Gary appreciate the the feedback. And uh, if there's uh, something that you want to hear those two history of, of Chelsea experts talk about, 
uh, leave that in the review too, and they will they'll likely pick it up at some point. Yeah, they're, they're, again, their list of ideas is, is quite thorough, which I think we're all going to benefit from. Uh, but here it is. We are talking about Aston Villa this past Sunday, the 16th of October, uh, hanging out in the Premier League competition at Villa Park. We were on the road today. In case you missed it, Aston Villa nailed Chelsea two goals coming, a double up from Mr. Mason Mount. Uh, he hit his uh, gift from Mings uh, as well as his free kick later in the second half. So we're going to kick it over to the fifth stand-up. That's right, the official Chelsea FC app. They dropped breaking news like, guess which players impressed Potter? Hint, it's Keppa <laughs> for <laughs> you guys. So if you want to get more uh, media and articles, download the app. We appreciate them. But let's review it before we hit the lineup. Here we go. Chirol found some space from nowhere, really. That's not a very good header. Great chance, an absolute gift. Mason Mount, and it came as a present. Down the line by Ashley Young, that's a better ball. Ings is waiting in the middle. McGinn, decent save, and the follow-up off the post. The follow-up again is denied. Chelsea somehow have kept it out. David Luiz. Well, flag up in the end. This is Bailey. Make himself a yard, got the cross in two! What a save that is! As Ings went in, Kepper has pulled off a wonderstop. This is Havertz, still going Kai Havertz. This is Raheem Sterling trying to curl it off the bar. And put behind for a corner. That's a score. Mount certainly looks like he fancies it. Can you get it up and down? He can! Oh yes he can! That is fabulous! Two for Mount, and that is a goal of the season contender. What a hit! This is Gallagher. Support from Aspiliqueta. Gallagher again. Dug it across brilliantly. That's not a bad header either. Just wide from Sterling. Sterling. Ponson will have fit in twice. It's come back to Aspilicueta though. And now Raheem Sterling. Straight at Martinez. All right, Dan. While the excitement is high, the lineup, the one we started with is important because it's surely not the one we ended with. Uh, you are correct, Brandon Busby. We did start with Kepa Brief of between the sticks. It was Trev Chalba, Thiago Silva, and Mark Kukurea as your defense with Ben, uh, ben Chilwell and Kovacic, Ruben Cheek, and Raheem Sterling as your midfield and wingback type of situation. And then Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Mason Mount, and Kai Havertz as forwards. Uh, Edouard Mundy, unused sub, along with Christian Pulisic, uh, Zachariah, and and Carnes all not getting a chance to come off the bench, but it was Koulibaly, Azpilicueta, Jorginho, uh, Connor Gallagher, and Armando Brogia all getting an opportunity to come in at uh, the 45th, 65th, 58th, and 89th minute. So, you know, extra minutes to go around for all the subs today. Well, it, it started off as a 3-4-2-1, uh, so some changes are needed almost instantly, uh, Nick. It was a first half of calamities. It was a first half of... Uh, lack of cohesion. It was just something that clearly on paper made sense, but in all actuality, in fair play, Villa made it very uncomfortable for these players. But even these, the the level at which Chelsea at was not where it needed to be today. No, 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 no. I mean, this was one of those things that happened to us last year where we would play well and give up a stupid goal, right? And, and then have to be chasing the rest of the game it was nice to be on the other side of it, but we certainly, you know, just you know, despite some of the stats that you'll read here in a second, did not play well in this game. <laughs> this is not a vintage performance by any means, and uh, you take these points, you learn from it, and you move on. Yeah, the good news is uh, we had the 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 mentality to ride it and and not concede, mm-hmm. which we definitely would have before. Uh, some of the top-line stats on this one, Chelsea was 60% possession. We had eight shots, four on target. Again, every other shot on target is a good day out. Um, not a mistake here. Villa with 18 shots. Thankfully, only seven on target, says one Keppa. <laughs> uh, we had 11 tackles there, 24, but we had 21 clearances uh, to their five. So one corner, and it came in the 95th minute to their seven. <laughs> we had one offsides. There three. We had three cautions to their none. 
Like, not really, not really sure how that worked out. Uh, but when you have a JV ref, you're going to have JV calls. Uh, and then the XG from the analyst. Uh, the, look, I've seen different numbers in this, right? I've seen Villa at over two. This one has them at 1.76 no goals to our 1.1 with two goals. Uh, I think that spread is actually probably a little bit higher depending on what source you go with, but I'm not going to argue with the analyst. Um, if anything, it just shows how lucky potentially we were, and if yep. we didn't have a man-of-the-match performance, I hope I didn't spoil anything later, Dan. Uh, kept, us, kept us in it in all three points. Well, models are different. The way that models are built are different. That's the thing. So not not every XG model output is the same. It's the thing people keep need, need to know. Oh, okay. Wow, All very right. defensive of XG. Yep. Well, it, you know, it's why the, the analyst might have one, XG philosophy might have another, uh, Kaylee Graphics might have another. It's just how they, they compute it. Okay. Have you vetted our sources, or are you just taking whoever's first? I'm, I enjoy the Opta one. <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, Opta's the analyst. Ah, okay. Well, Opta gets a lot of love in our scripts, and understandably. Uh, Squawka does as well with the one random stat. Says Chelsea have won four consecutive games whilst keeping a clean sheet for the first time since December of 2016 under one Antonio Conte. Uh, That's right. If you go back to the first leg of Milan, 3-0 versus Wolves, uh, 2-0 versus Milan in the return leg, and now 2-0 versus Aston Villa. Not... Bad, gentlemen. I looked it up earlier. We'd only had one clean sheet under Tuchel this season. That was the first match of the season against Everton. Uh, And uh, Potter, after conceding in the first match against Salzburg, uh, we conceded against Palace after the international break, which is known to be a very slippery match when all the players leave for a couple weeks. It's been nothing but smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been... It's been fascinating to watch this team kind of return to the level that they had built for themselves over, you know, the last you know two or three seasons, and you know, may, may, long may it continue. Today was much more of a uh, a pressure test on that defense than than maybe we've had in previous matches, but uh, certainly something that uh, is a good trend for us, uh, especially as we have started scoring goals, which is fun. Yeah. Well, anytime you have a 10 and 0, 10 goals for none against uh, streak, that uh, that is a great timeout. So, anyways, we're going to take a quick ad break. Uh, but when we get back, we're jumping right into Kepa and Mount's Heroics, uh, what that means for the team. So, thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we will be right back. All right, Chelsea fans, before we get back into the, the men's pod here, I do want to announce, it's, it's really exciting, that we have moved Blue Royalty, our women's specific podcast, to its own feed. That's right. Now you can subscribe separately just to the women's podcast. Thank you to Blue Wire for helping us make that happen. We felt it was unfair uh, with the hard work that Nick and Justin Abdul are doing that the women should have to wait till Tuesday to come out. Uh, so what we have done is we have moved them again to their separate feed. Go follow them in, in your podcast app that you're listening to. Type in Blue Royalty. It will be there. We're going to double post for a couple weeks so you don't miss it. But very soon, you are no longer going to get Blue Royalty pods on this feed. They are going to live on their own and be able to come out uh, whenever they want so they can most appropriately support the women's team as they should be able to. So anyways, super exciting about this change. Go subscribe. Blue Royalty on your favorite podcast app of choice. All right. Kicking it off. Uh one Keppa recently engaged. He's a new man, Dan, as you might know. He is he is not a new manager bounce player. He's a new engagement bounce player. Uh life is uh, good. We, we we plucked a different Keppa out of the multiverse. That's the only way I can explain it at this point. You know, Doctor Strange, infinite timelines, infinite multiverses. We just we got a new Keppa. That's that clearly is what it has. <laughs> happened here but it was great it was great on the day you know this was an early kickoff in the u.s and so uh for those of us who are looking for something uh strong like maybe an irish coffee or Mm -hmm. uh wonderful shot stopping uh you got both of those things potentially uh, particularly if you went out to the pub and uh yeah this was uh quite quite the little performance from him in terms of being able to just do things that we've seen him not do consistently before. There were things that we, we've we seen today from him in moments, but this was probably, I don't know, Nick, one of the most complete performances from Keppa we've seen in quite some time. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the previous games, you know, two shots, three shots on target, you know, maybe four, maybe a goal goes in, whatever. But, I mean, Villa brought it today. Um, you know, they they are desperate. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Wolves are desperate. desperate. Villa is desperate. Um, you know, like these are two difficult teams because of their situation. Uh, clearly, the uh, the Chelsea fans were taking the piss out of Stevie G today, which was just horrible to hear, frankly. Uh, but I mean, it's it's not easy to play against these teams that need to score goals, that need to get back on a on winning track to get out of the bottom. I think they're 16th or 17th after today. I mean, they're they're near the bottom. So. And they've spent a ton of money. So their their situation's pretty dire right now. And so uh, I kind of expected them to come out firing. And I, I don't think the guys could be faulted for coming out a little bit flat. Um, you know, there was some rotation that went into this. But the fact that Kepa had to be on his toes, Brandon, I, I think shows you maybe that the, uh, the opening uh, half system wasn't really uh, panning out the way that we were anticipating. The main changes coming in the form of Kukure playing left center back with Chilwell yep. at left wing back. Those two definitely did not mesh. Uh, Kukure uh, was trying to get forward as much as he could, and that was not something we needed of him. Uh, the other side was Raheem Sterling experiment as right wing back that definitely didn't go the way we needed it to. Again, on paper, you could maybe... This is a very attacking lineup. Almost too attacking, probably to the point where, like, our left side were all attacking players, if you consider Kukure and Chilwell with their uh, impetus to to bomb forward and, and get crosses in an overlap. And then when you have Raheem Sterling on the other side as a right wing back, um, uh, you know, just staying up and around the box because that's what he's used to, you really kind of killed the shape of the formation. And we saw a lot of gaps between Thiago Silva and Kukurea today that should not have been there. And, it, you know, I just think specifically back to the time that Aubameyang went to pass exactly where Kukurea should have been, but was not. <laughs> and then he put them in on goal in a one-on-one -on -one situation that Silva had to then track back and cover for. There were just a lot of those situations today. And Kepa stood on his head. Normally, it's the other way around. We would have expected uh, Emmy uh, Martinez to stand on his head today and shut us out. But it, we were the benefactor of the standout goalkeeping performance. And again, it wasn't one save. It was multiple saves uh, that he had to make. I mean, what do we say? It's like seven shots on target. Uh, and probably most of those are in the first half alone. I mean, this was by far the hardest day he's had in the six matches uh, that he's played for for Chelsea. So I, um, I I just, yeah, I think this, he probably played better than even I expected him to. And I'll just wrap by saying the point blank save off of the header shows how he was just reading the game. He was in the zone today. That I mean, that's a world-class save to track the cross and get your body in the right position to just take up as much space for the goal was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I said post-stream today, guys, we might not see Mendy until late middle November in Man City in the Carabao Cup. And then we're off for the World Cup. Like, we might only see Mendy once before the World Cup, which is crazy. That, that, was, that was the question I had, was given that Potter was forced into this change because Mendy was injured and now Kepa's come in and Kepa's performed and Kepa's performed well and Kepa in this match performed great. When is the earliest that Mendy would potentially have a shot in the lineup again? Oh, maybe Dinamo Zagreb, Nick, the last Champions League match. If like all points are secured, I could see that. But you play Wednesday, Brentford, Saturday, United, Tuesday, Salzburg, you could potentially lock it up there if the results go your way. Brighton, Saturday, and then Zagreb on, on November 2nd. So, like, can we mathematically advance against Salzburg? Or I don't think we can, can we? I, I think, well, depending on if, results if go. We beat Salzburg, and then there's like a draw between Milan and Zagreb. We would effectively have all the, we would, I think, only need a draw to max out the group yeah i know but i guess my point is you're gonna you know assuming that scenario goes through and you need to draw against zagreb at home like is that the game to start mendy i mean only if it's locked is probably what i'm saying so let's use that as the caveat for sure 
So if it's not November 2nd, it might be a week later city in the EFL Cup. Here's the real question. In your, in, if you were the coach, Head does coach, a player... Preferably. Yeah, goalkeeping coach for you. Um, does a player lose his spot through injury? For me, for me, it's not binary because as we can see, the guy that took over hasn't done anything wrong and now he's just had a stand-up performance. So you're in a really big pickle of... Not Mendy's fault, but remember, was Mendy really killing his it? Best. <laughs> was, I think there were some questions being raised about Mendy at one point, uh, if I do remember. I mean, it's it's clear that Potter's not said that. I mean, Potter has not said Mendy, you're the number one. Correct. Like he is, he yeah. was very kind of evasive in his answer when when I asked have about two it. Two goalkeepers and yeah. a Bettinelli. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Bettinelli. <laughs> Yeah, I got Marcus over here just chilling. Uh, no, I mean, like, I I think it's again these situations happen. It's there's there can only be one goalkeeper that plays, right? And for a large part of the last two years, that's been Edwin Mendy. Um, I I don't think you can take Kepa out in good conscience right now if they're both healthy. I don't even know if Mendy's healthy, by the way. Um, the fact that he's on the bench is good, but you know, TBD. If it's a if he really had a patella strain, I mean, that's like a big deal. Um, it's a big, you know, potential injury there. So, yeah, but I don't think you can take Cap out. I mean, you know, if Cap has a really tough game and lets in four goals and we look, you know, terrible, maybe, you know. But yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. And I think if if both of them go to the World Cup, it'll be fascinating to see who comes back uh, and in the better form, right? Because you know, Mendy is Senegal's goalkeeper. Like he's going to be playing in the World Cup almost certainly, um, even if he's not playing a ton right now. But that's that's kind of the conundrum that you're in, I think. And then, you know, I I hope that Mendy plays because I, I don't, you know, even in just like disparate moments, I, I don't like the idea of Mendy not having some game time. Um, but it's, I mean, Keppa has done everything he can do at this point to, to keep the shirt. Um, uh, yeah, Kepa's on the bubble. He hasn't played since 2021 for Spain, it looks like. He did play seven times, six of them being starts, but if he hasn't played in all of 2022, which are big-time World Cup preps, then I don't know uh, if he's going to be there. So he's definitely even fighting for a chance just to be on the bench um, You know, for that team. They have quite a few good goalkeepers as as we know it is a competitive position for them but yeah i mean like like dan said you know and i don't know if you wanted to kind of put your uh your your hat in the ring on that one is like there's a good chance that assuming keppa maintains levels results go their way like mendy has some contract issues too right he's refusing to sign the extension until he gets close to the money that keppa's making there's a lot of things swirling all of a sudden you're like we are in a multiverse. Like, this is crazy. There's a really good chance, and maybe Potter's leaning on the fact that Mendy is going to play every single minute for Senegal at the World Cup, and so he's less worried about playing him leading up to it and wants to see just how far he can go with Keppa until he's forced to make a change. But even if Keppa gets shelled one match, I think he's probably earned a second start just to prove that that was a one-off. Yeah, I don't think he would be subject to an early hook. I, I don't I think he would get an opportunity on a bat like a I mean unless it was egregious goalkeeping errors and maybe you need to give him a game off to let him uh, you know, reconcile within himself the the error of his ways but that doesn't seem to be the guy who's between the sticks right now like he was popping up over after those shots he had the swagger about him Nick and I think he just looks like he is I don't know unlocked a different headspace it, it just it all is good vibes for his life between the sticks right now. And that is an exciting thing because if Mendy maybe through the world cup at Senegal, if that's the time that he gets to get between the sticks next or potentially a game for us here. And you have the competition, which we talk about all the time, the competition between two goalkeepers making each other better is all thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this, like I know everyone's going to look at the, the header save you know, where it was all acrobatic and shit. I think the, the better save he had today was getting low, on the on the rebound the second now, shot yeah he 
palm that right into the middle of the goal, which is not, or right into the middle of the box, I should say, which is not where you're ideally supposed to do. But um, the fact that he was able to get down, he was able to deflect that like skipping ball off the ground, Brandon. I, I would imagine that's like the hardest one to gauge is the little worm burner that comes through where you're like, where wh- at what level does my hand have to be off the ground to deflect this around the, you know, around the post or in this case onto the post. I mean, it, it, it was a really, really good save though. Again, uh, very, very good day out for the man. I was just kind of digging through Spain's goalkeepers right now. It looks like they're going with Unai Simon, Robert Sanchez, and David De Gea as far as the World Cup qualifiers went. And then this year they've got Unai Simon from uh, Atletica or Athletic Bilbao. Um, and then obviously Robert Sanchez, who's at Brighton uh, under Potter. So he, he's definitely has a chance to get in. We'll see how it goes, but look guys, enough of the goalkeeper talk, right? You guys just sit here and laud over goalkeepers as the best athletes. That's all we do, which look, I'm glad someone's sticking up for the goalkeepers union, but we have to talk about Mason Mount. Sure. I think with all due respect to anyone who's confused about Mason's quality, the jury's out. The judge has laid his decision. Like, Mason Mount is collecting souls right now, and he can't be stopped. Goals, assists, um, he, it's just the complete player right now. Yeah. And I love the argument of under a different manager and a different way of playing, he is loved by country and club alike. Um, I just... What he's doing right now, Nick, is continuing to build off of what he did last season, which was the peak season for him, right? Double-digit goals and assists. Uh, After a slow start, which arguably the entire team had a terrible start Mm post-U.S. summer tour. Not our fault, I would like to clarify before anyone assumes that. Um, (laughs) He is a man on fire right now. Yeah, I mean, four assists, two goals on the season as of today. Finally gets on the score sheet, which is really important, I think, for his progression. Um, These last few games have been incredibly impressive. And, like, yeah, Mings played the ball to him. He still had to finish it one time. Great finish. I mean, it's a fantastic finish. And, by the way, the goalkeeper, you know, Martinez came out as if he was going to deflect that. And, you know, a less confident Mason maybe puts that right into the goalkeeper's chest or something. But it was a fantastic finish. And then, look, Martinez, again, I don't think covered himself in glory today, Brandon. He took a couple steps to the right when he should have moved left. But Mason has that weird knuckly movement on his free kick that, you know, that was in reference to Mike uh, Mike Ryan's three-word match review. Uh, we've all seen that adorable video of eight-year-old Mason Mount hitting a uh, Hitting the ball on the valve and make it move. Um, I'm not going to pretend to do a British. Stop it. <laughs> we don't need to do the British accent to prove it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, both moments combined with Kepa's heroics and I think just a overall resolve from this team today, they gutted it out, right? These are the types of results to me, Dan, and this is the type of performance because I think he carried us offensively today that – can mean the difference between comfortably finished, comfortably finishing top four or being in a race at the end of the season where you're not sure if you're going to finish top four. Like, that is really the difference in the league. And, you know, it, it was not pretty, uh, certainly not fluid, not like any of the Milan performances we've seen or anything like that, but it was uh, it was a much-needed result, and he had to score. And the people who are critical of the fact that it's just Aston Villa – Aston Villa has had a really wonky set of results this season. Like they drew City 1 1. Um, they lost to Arsenal, but it was 2 1. So they were able to get one by them. They beat Everton 2 1 at the beginning of the season when that was so weird. West Ham beat them 1 0. That was a really tough go of it. And so they've just been a frustrating side. And I mean, if you look at it, only Crystal Palace. Ever, uh, Crystal Palace and Arsenal have been able to put more than two goals. Sorry, Bournemouth too. I've been able to put more than two goals by them. So that to me means that if you can get two goals against a side that's been pretty stubborn and converts, you know, be in the space to convert. I mean, the thing that we've harked on for a period of time is that you have to be in the position and convert the shot that's awarded to you. 
he did it great off the Ming's assists and the terrible decision that he made. And he made the, you know, made, took, took the free kick, took full advantage of the fact that Martinez didn't, you know, didn't head the right way. And there you go. He's got two goals. It's great. My, my favorite tweet after the Milan performance midweek was, I hate how Mason Mount is stat padding against European giants. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's never good enough for some, right? It's never good enough if you're beating Villa, a team that you should beat, or you're beating AC Milan, a team that three weeks ago we weren't sure if we could beat, right? It's never good enough if you assist in the Champions League final and win it, or if you score three against Norwich, like he did twice last year, I think. Um, it just... I, I think I think PZ put it right midweek, Dan, where it's like, we just gotta stop amplifying these stupid voices. Like, and... It's clear that, you know, assuming he signs his contract extension here pretty quick, like he's going to be around a while. Reese James is going to be around a while. A lot of these young guys are going to be around for a while. They may never be good enough for a part of our fan base, but they are certainly good enough for this here podcast and uh, fully support Mason Mount for president in 2028. Well, I mean, when you think about the fact that he is the fourth overall in terms of total minutes contributed at this point. And uh, I don't think this actually FB ref doesn't have the result from Nade in there. So mm-hmm. he's actually going to be level or he's going to surpass Reese James, who unfortunately was not able to feature uh, and be right behind Thiago Silva and Raheem Sterling. And I would imagine that he is within that top three to four at the end of the season. And because of that, Chelsea will go on to do great things because we do well when Mason Mount is contributing at a high level. And that's where he is right now. When was the last time, or I don't even know if anyone can remember, that we were so reliant on two players? Like, the entire day relied on Mason and Keppa. Nobody else did anything, really. I feel like we're kind of relying on Thiago Silva every time he plays. Um, So, you know, I I don't know. It's like, I, I know what you're saying, though. It feels a little different because it's, one character in the novel that you weren't expecting to have a hero role. And that's another one who has been a knight for some time. And, you know, it's like, I, I I understand what you're saying, but it's like, it's Mason and Reese. It was Mendy for a large period of time. It's Tiago Silva. It's chill. Well, you know, I think what's been nice about this season, Brandon, to me is that there, every game, there seems to be a different, person stepping up right now um and you know it i would i would say that chillwell had a pretty poor day but a couple of matches ago if he doesn't do his pirouette nutmeg goal <laughs> you know we're we're in really bad shape yeah. right so it's like you kind of have to take the rough with the smooth on that one to, to steal a phrase from from chidge but i i think that's the that's the mode that we're in right now especially with all these injuries and you know, long-term absentees, like some, a lot of people who are given a chance right now are going to have to step up and let's hope they, let's hope they do. Yeah. Um, I, I would just bring this into the chat that Dan or someone put in our WhatsApp, but didn't want to pull it in the script for some reason, but at Opta Joe tweeted 3.2, despite only playing in three matches, Kepa Aritha Balaga has prevented more goals than any other goalkeeper in the Premier League this season with his saves 3.2 goals prevented. Uh, Alisson is at 2.7, Pickford 2.7, Neto 2.6, Pope 2.2. Barrier is the word that they go with. Um, <laughs> I, again, it's just that's that's based off of the uh, the goals prevented on the XGOT conceded on target shots faced and things like that, yada yada. But um, it just goes to show you, I think before, like Nick, your point. I mean, most of these were probably from today. My word. Um, but again, it just reinforces that point that that the saves he made today were were so crucial because he faced so many. You know, I was looking at our XG against the last kind of four or five matches. There may be a 1.0, and he hasn't had a lot to do. Today he did, stood on his head. Mason at the other end of the pitch just sealed up all three points. Um, if we were on the other side of the result and we were Villa and it went this way, we would be fuming, but we're not. No. <laughs> I mean, we were last year, though. Yeah. I mean... We were last year where we would dominate possession. We would dominate shots. We would like do all this stuff and we could just never find a way through. I mean, I think a good question to be, and I'm, I'm thinking about this right now, 
it's probably this time last year, or like even into the winter a little bit. Was when was the last time a goalkeeper won us a game? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, probably Champions that's a, League run. That's a tough one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ke- Kepa has been you know involved in the last couple of matches. <laughs> no, I know, but like, yeah, I, I'm thinking back to like in the terms Mendy, of standing on his head and yeah, just like absolutely, the, yeah. The the Mendy performance against Brentford stands out to me forever. He was just. They were never going to score, no matter how many bicycle kicks they did in the area. It was just like, nope, brick wall. And I think Kappa similarly today. All right, well, we're going to take a, another ad break. Uh, when we get back, we're jumping into Potter's crucial subs because the man had to make some changes that he did. So, again, thinking of sponsors, and we'll be right back. Uh, all right, Dan, as you write, it takes a big person to admit that they didn't get it right, which is exactly what Potter's sub signaled. He didn't even wait to the break. By the way, I learned a lot about substitution rules today, which we can get into. Uh, but before the break, he made uh, some personnel changes, putting Sterling from right wing back to the opposite side of the pitch as the left wing, uh, dropped Mason into the double pivot, and slid Ruben out to right wing back uh, to just, I mean, to be honest, stop the bleeding. So he recognized it. We all recognized it. And the man <laughs> made some changes. He did not stick by uh, the flawed game plan that we kicked off with. Well, we saw also tweets from people at the ground from our journalist friends or supporters that Azpilicueta and Pulisic were warming up before halftime. So we told you that there was going to be something happening uh, very early into the second half, which is uh, where we found ourselves. And I mean, really, it started with a defense that really struggled in Kukurea in particular as a left center back was not having a good day of it in uh, both uh, being challenged uh, <laughs> challenged from height perspective uh, with some balls that were heading over his head and just maybe being a little too uh, aggressive at times with how maybe he was judging his ability to recover and get back. And you, know, you also had Chilwell looking to play forward, but they were both getting pressed pretty heavily. And so... You know, in that mind, you, know, you see Koulibaly come on, and that did wonders for how much more secure I felt in dead ball spots, <laughs> crosses into the box, and then also the fact that I, I did think there was a potential with Chilwell on the yellow to go out and Kukurea to get pushed forward, but I was I was I think kind of fine either way. I thought that Kukre would be fine if he was pushed forward in the left wing back role or if Chil- you know, Chilwell stayed in. But that gave the left side, Nick, so much more stability than what we were seeing in the first half. And that allowed us to start moving the ball through midfield again, which we because we, we did not give ourselves three avenues to get down the pitch. We really had long balls over the top or some hopeful passing that if we, we hope to bypass you know, Villa on the counter effectively. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, like, if if these guys were vying for a starting spot today, neither one of them co- cover themselves in glory. I mean, uh, you know, Kukurea obviously struggled massively. Um, positionally was just all over the place. I mean, like I, I didn't understand what he was doing. He's played that role for Potter before, which was a little surprising, you know, to, to see him so mixed up. And then, I mean, Chilwell just looks tired right now. I mean, looked really, really leggy all all game, and I wonder if it's maybe just like a full fitness issue, Brandon, with him, where he, you know, he hasn't played consistent football in the better part of a year, and is finally getting a, a string of, of matches together in a really compressed period, and maybe just isn't at his peak from a fitness standpoint yet. But yeah, I mean, both both really struggled for me, and I think Kulabali coming in, Aspilicueta coming in, obviously shores up a lot of what was happening. And I think the second half was a lot more comfortable because of that. Um, felt a lot less threatening anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was tough. I mean, again, I don't think anyone needs to jump to rash conclusions that, you know, Kukure is a bad player. I think we just really defined that him and Chilwell are going to be rotating a lot at that left wing back spot because that is by far both of their, their, their best spot. I do think that they, it's funny. It's like if those two are tied on a rope, together 
and like Chilwell would bomb forward and he would yank Kukurea out of position and then Kukurea would come back and he'd yank Chilwell out of position. They just were working against each other all day long. Uh, actually, well, not all day, for 45 minutes. Yeah. And so something <laughs> needed to change, I think, just for both of them. It would have been interesting maybe if you know, different players in those positions, but like who else would play left wing back if Kukure is at left center back? I don't, I don't know. So I, I think that that was like one of them had to come out, um, which, which is the right call. But again, like Kukure will be back and he will be like a workhorse for us out there and be successful. Like to me, this is a one-off. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the thing that I'm thinking about anyway, though, is like, you're going to have to rotate these center backs. Thiago Silva is going to need rest, right? So you could see either Koulibaly or uh, or Trev kind of slotting into that middle spot. Then Aspi is going to be rotated in. So the right wing, right center back position is going to be a little weird. Kukurea is going to have to play that left center back position for some of these games. He's just going to have to. Like the numbers, we're going to have to give Koulibaly rest. Like he's going to have to come in and spell a bunch of different players if he's not the first choice in, in either one of those positions already. So, I mean, obviously it needs to go better than today, uh, Dan, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but I mean, that's just the reality of the numbers and the injuries that we have. Hit him with the Chalba stat. The, the Chalba continues. Uh, his undefeated streak continues. Long may it rain. Damn. Good for I him. I have people arguing with me on Twitter that he's mistake prone. Like every other defender that we have hasn't made mistakes. It is absolutely insane to me. He played super well today, by the way. Well, there's also the ability to recover. And so if you can make mistakes and cover off against your mistake, I mean, don't you want to learn and grow players inside of Chelsea to allow them to become world beaters and to learn from Thiago Silva and to develop a chemistry here? Because that, to me, seems like a really great idea to nurture the development of our talented players in this first team. But I guess that's a bad idea. I mean, that's a bad idea. Didn't Jao Cancelo make the mistake on the uh, Mohamed Salah yes. breakaway today? Yes, he did. I think he's pretty highly regarded. <laughs> Wesley Fafana's made a ton of mistakes this year. Koulibaly's made a ton of mistakes this year. Thiago Silva's made a couple of mistakes this year. Kukurea uh, made more mistakes in one half than Chalaba has all year. And we're talking about him being mistake prone as if mistakes just don't happen in those roles when you have really good attacking players uh, coming at you. And it's, it's the Premier League. Like, it's just not an area where you are so much more dominant than another team that you can just walk out and anticipate that you are like FIFA level god, you know, god mode of being able to waltz over every team. That just doesn't happen. And Ollie Watkins is a is a handful of a of a player to go up against. Uh let's also not factor in that that Trev helped keep Luis Diaz quiet for two cup finals last year too. It's like again, it's just another one of these biased things that I just have to personally uh, let go in my head, but yeah. it turns out that Trev Chalba coming in for Wesley Fofana three matches ago has done pretty fucking well and he deserves the spot and I'm glad he's playing well and he is truly a guy that I like watching. So there's that. I think the last main sub uh, that just showed Potter's control and understanding of the situation was to bring a bombing off and put Connor on. Uh, again, he knows that we needed more control at that point, we needed less attack. He also knew he can throw Sterling up top to run the channels if we did need to stretch him or hit him on the break. And so I just, you know, I, I, I did feel like Connor coming on was the third kind of master stroke of a sub. What I do need to point out, though, shout out to our Discord. A ton of smart people in there. Um, and, and I'm in there. So I learned, is that that why I'm not allowed? (laughs) I learned from that. I don't, maybe, maybe you guys didn't know this either. So there's five subs in the Premier League, right? Yep. Subs at halftime don't count towards the three substitution opportunities in a, in a match. Ah, okay. I did not know that. So he ran two at half. Uh, then he made his, you know, 58 and 65th minute subs. I thought we were done. And then you see Connor go up to the line, and you're, or I'm sorry, then you see Broya come up late in the match. You're like, wait a second, this would be our fourth substitute uh, opportunity. No, 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 no. So, I, look, maybe I hope I help somebody because I just outed myself as not fully understanding the game. <laughs> well, I mean, the, okay. the, the rule changes us here with okay. five subs, though. So we're fine. Yeah. But again, across like- three substitute 
thing. So any, anyways, I learned that. But yeah, I, again, the, the point that I started off with, I probably completely derailed everyone, is that Connor came in to control the game uh, at the expense of another attacker, which I think was uh, another really smart move because even the second half wasn't, it was better, but it wasn't like perfect by any means. I, uh, I, I really, I think Connor's going to have a big role to play in this season. And whether it's a super sub, whether it's from the start, he's, he's really, really physical for a guy that's not very big, <laughs> you know, like I, he's probably six feet tall or something like that, but pretty slight, but really gets stuck in to challenges, really does a great job of chasing and, and making uh, players redirect their passes and get out of a rhythm. Like he came in and disrupted today. Like that was his role and he, and he fucking killed it. It was fantastic. And uh, won the ball back a couple of times that allowed us to go on a break. I mean, this, uh, this is a guy who obviously <laughs> first, uh, first Premier League game didn't, didn't go exactly to plan uh, to say uh, the least, but Really, uh, I, I I value his contribution a ton here, Dan, because think about where we are with these injuries. Think about where we are in just the fixture congestion alone, even if we didn't have the injuries. You're going to need a guy with that sort of energy. What? What? How tall did you think he is? I thought he was six foot. Is he not? Five, eleven and a half. Well no. done. Oh. You're, I have, he's a, he's a, he's a he's Nick Verlaney special. He's as tall as me. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. For, uh, and just like you, he was a bit of a chaos agent today. That's what he was doing. He came on. He me? caused some chaos. He made it a little, you know, you know a little chippy, as it were, and mm -hmm. uh, definitely brought some of the energy and excitement. And there's just a difference when you play him further forward versus playing him in kind of that deep sixth position that really did not you know, work well with his game. And I think don't, doesn't take advantage of all of his skill set there. I mean, I, I, I will say, I think the Kovacic for Jorginho switch also did lock down the game and definitely gave us back some of the control that we were looking for, uh, particularly as the, you know, really the game started to level up. You know, if you look at the XG kind of timeline, when, it was in the 30th minute that effectively they went into the one plus category. And then from like the 60th minute, it was like 1.6. And it, it, they only was like another 0.15 XG from the 60th minute to the 90th, which is kind of consequently uh, right around the time that Jorginho came on. Well, our midfield was <laughs> you had Kovacic, Ruben, who are both very much attack-minded people, and in behind, essentially, Mason Mount, Kai Harrison, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, there was no defensive cover in that midfield. Ruben can do a little bit of a job, but like his impetus is going to want to get forward. Like I said at the beginning, this was such an attacking team. Uh, Potter, for sure, kind of like pulled the game back um, and, and, and controlled it, which, which was great. The one thing I will say about Connor, uh, my big stat this season is shot-creating actions. Uh, that's the big one I love to see, especially from midfield players. Uh, Connor has 14 this so far this season in the Premier League. Now, Mason Mount is running away with it with 38. Reese James has 31, and Raheem has 26. They are the top three in the team as far as, like, creating chances. It's essentially like the second assist, right? Uh, but if you do it on a per-90 basis, Connor's third, and Ziyech is a bit of an outlier in first because he has eight... <laughs> <laughs> per 90. Um, Mason is at a 4.03. Uh, Connor's a 3.74. And like I said, Hakim with his eight puts him at 4.07. He is right there at the top as when he gets the ball, I think to your point, Nick, he knows what he's trying to do with it. He gets it in dangerous places. He's not going to pass laterally. He wants to move the ball towards goal, get it to someone who can score and it's paying off for him big time. Yeah, I would I would put a wager down that he's going to feature from the start at uh, at Brentford midweek. Would love it. All right, Dan of the match. Only when we draw or win will lucky us. Dan is lucky back. Us Look, I talked about this on stream. I saw that you only went with two. I appreciate you not doing what Chelsea FC did and really wimped out by putting Mount and Keppa as an option combined. Thought that was. Oh boy, that's what? tough. That was weak. That's, what? Yeah. Wow. They had three they options. Understand how the game is Mount played? Keppa, Mount and Keppa were the three options, which like they were the Wonder Twins or something. What the hell? Either is that? way, the Garbage. people showed love, love you guys, but... up. 
Look, uh, maybe there was a three-word match report that they uh, had to get filed beforehand. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I understand that they uh, have limited options at times. But, look, uh, Dan, the match, you only get two options in this one. It was Keppa, all caps, with a bunch of extra A's because we were excited for Keppa! And then Mason Mount with a lot of O's in there. Uh, and, look, 84% of you said Keppa. No surprise. I think I thought that was the one people were going to vote for. Sixteen percent. I saw someone quote tweeted. It was like the, the Keppa PR wagon is like is like in full force today. Keppa had a great day. Just just go home. The way you spelled it though is moon. <laughs> also, so, no, that's no quality in characters used. I mean, what are we doing here? Keppa's fallen short on A's. Yeah, wow. Actually, no, uh, it's just the way that the A uses space versus an O. The O is just a touch wider in the amount of pixels because uh, both fields did have 12 characters left in them. Anywho. Um, all right. Sounds good. Keppa, congratulations for this illustrious Made the award. right choice. Actually, Brandon Busby. Made the right choice. <laughs> Mount only had to score one goal to be the game winner. The second one was for shits and giggles. Keppa had to make seven saves. Yeah. Oh, he had repeatedly had to make saves to keep us in it. Uh, and so that is the right choice. I love to see it. The uh, Premier League. I'm just glad he finally came around to the idea that goalkeepers are important. Man right? of the match we, blew away. We've with been Keppa saying it for years. As well, and you've been really saying it for years. It's an uphill battle the entire time. Dan, it feels good to have finally won one, you know? Well, I mean, vindicated. You know, I'm just glad we can get him a, a membership card. <laughs> Nick, a lot of shit results on the weekend. This was a poor weekend. But it was for bad. The yeah. I feel bad for Philly and the Fan Fest. They uh, had shit to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Friday, yeah, they, they, Brentford 2, <sighs> Brighton nil, which was a bit of a shock. And then Saturday's matches were just the worst, barring Fulham Bournemouth. Like, that was kind of fun to watch two mediocre teams punch each other back and forth. Other than that, Saturday's miserable. <laughs> yeah, you you uh, you could be forgiven if you didn't exactly tune into all these this weekend, I don't think. Uh, I usually like to, but, uh, you know, I, I just... United Newcastle, nil-nil. Arsenal just lucking out with a 1-0 result over Leeds who outplayed them. Uh, missed a pen. Yeah, missed, Bamford missed a pen, which is terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, Spurs kind of, you know, dribbling it in. It just, you know. Pickford flailing, it, gave him a pen. Like, I watched some of that from the treadmill lifetime, and I was like, I need something else to do. Get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah, is there some real housewives that we can tune into here or something, <laughs> please? Um, I need some drama. Uh, no, I just, I think this is gonna be what you get in October. Frankly, I, like I, I don't, I don't love saying that, but I mean, all these guys are wiped. They're tired, and they're about. To, this is only halfway through this gauntlet of matches that you're gonna play, especially if you're in the Champions League or in the Europa League or the Europa Conference. Like this is no bullshit going to be really difficult and Chelsea then go play Brentford, you know, a, a really weird on and off team this year. Um, don't really know what to make of Brentford. They can be really good or really bad. Uh, and then you have United, another yo-yo weird team on, on Sunday. And it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know, Dan, what you make out of it, but I think, I think there's going to be a lot of scrappy, weird results. Uh, how how was it with you and Peasy chugging Irish coffees watching Liverpool City? I mean, there were definitely shots. fireworks in that one. Oh, it was uh, also the largest assembly of City fans I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. Over <laughs> under the whole twenty of them. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! <laughs> it, it, I felt bad because the first table in the area that was showing the City Liverpool game was four Liverpool fans who sat in the corner. That then was completely surrounded by city fans as they arrived in for the match. Uh, Liverpool supporters not out in full force uh, at this moment, but maybe they should have been considering. I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, maybe they're too busy flicking people off. Just, yeah. Though I will say Klopp flicking off Taylor. Haven't all of yeah. us wanted to do that at one point? Yeah. So but someone tweeted at me. I have to find it real quick, which I thought was a hilarious response. Um, Hillary goes, cause I, I said, what an asshole. And I had both of them. And she goes, which one <laughs> Taylor or Klopp? And I was like, okay. Yeah. Fair Bravo. play. Yeah. I, you're, you're right on that one. Can, can I just say, I know I bitch about refereeing a lot. 
Mo Salah got full-on rugby tackled, and Anthony Taylor did not call a foul. I genuinely don't understand. Like, I know why Klopp was upset. Now, Klopp is also a bit of a dick, so I don't feel too much sympathy for him uh, there. But, like, it was egregious. Like, the um, the... This guy is not qualified, man. I'm sorry. He's not like he's not doing a job here. It's crazy. He, d- he definitely let things play, which I thought on the balance I was okay with the way things were going. Um, but in general, like it's nowhere close to where it, it should be, um, especially for a star player. Like a star player usually gets a little bit of extra, you know, care on the field. Like Tom Brady Salah's- does. Mohamed Salah does not. <laughs> <laughs> I, apparently not anymore. Jeez. All right. So the Premier League table as it stands uh, after um, game week 11, which nobody has played 11 matches due to the postponements early in the season. Arsenal in first with a little bit of air. 27 points. Man City dropping points for the first time this season in second place on 23 points. Tottenham level with them on 23 points. That's right. Tottenham Mm. are level with City after 10 matches played. Awkward. (sighs) Chelsea are in fourth. Nine games played, so we have a game in hand on 19 points. So we might as well be level with those two. Uh, United with the draw is great news for us because that means they're slipping behind us there. Fifth on 16th, Newcastle sixth on 15 points. And then if you scroll down, uh, Nottingham Forest are in 20th uh, on five points as are Leicester City in 19th on five points. And Southampton are 18th uh, with eight points. Uh, Villa, who we beat today. Took one of their recruitment heads and this is what happens. Southampton in shambles. Yeah, this is... Definitely nothing new for them. Uh, how they stayed up even the last couple of seasons has been impressive. Uh, we beat Villa today. They, are, they remained in 16th on nine points. Uh, probably not a jarring enough result to sack Stevie G. I uh, was hoping for more of a 4 or 5 nil drubbing that just got him the sack in the tunnel, uh, but it didn't happen. So anyways. Raz, Raz could have put the knife in his back, yep. um, but but no. I agree. Uh, figurative knife, by the way, a figurative knife. No violence advocated here. I definitely think that looking at the teams above us, that Chelsea could be a top two, three team if we stay healthy this season. A lot of variables go into it, um, but I. How's that going so far? I'm feeling could be a top one team. I'm feeling uh, my confidence is growing oh my uh, under the Potter regime. Hashtag Potterball. I mean, Hashtag look, we, we, we did a couple of big things this weekend. We proved that Holland is mortal. One, that is excellent. That is excellent news. <laughs> or is this oh, as a species? We as in the humans. everybody who was willing it into fruition. <laughs> you're welcome. You've, 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 uh, you know, you've materialized your, your dream in this moment. Um, we almost saw Arsenal lose, which would have been, uh, or at least draw. Patrick Bamford really let us down. Big let so, us down. So we didn't. I guess I should have left the bar unplugged. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, that would have been great. Uh, we, we, you know, gave ourselves a little bit of breathing room against the teams behind us, and like, and you know, we picked up points in a game that you know, as Brandon said earlier, you know, we, previous seasons we may have lost points on. So, you know, this is a tale of two halves of a season, right? If we are within striking distance, which is where we are now. At the end of this time, before the World Cup, if we're within a couple of points of the first place team, it is, is a whole different season coming back from the World Cup. It is a whole different season. That's all I'm saying. Let's just let's take October. Let's not even look at the post World Cup weird ass future that we have. You beat Brentford on Wednesday, which is not going to be easy. They killed us last year, if you'll remember that. Um, and you beat United at the weekend, another yo-yo team, like I said uh, earlier. Uh, that puts you in a much uh, more favorable position for top four because you would have drugged both those teams down. So, yeah. I mean, you put space between yourself and United, who has been weird but has some pretty good talented attackers. Like, it's it's a good omen for, you know, when you in- inevitably don't have a great performance. All uh, right. Well, like like we said, uh, Wednesday's a quick turnaround, taking on Brentford. Uh, it's a West London uh, matchup. I'm not going to say derby. I'm not going to say rivalry. Uh, Title decider, May 20th, 2023, Chelsea versus City. Okay. All Are right. we there? 
Are we okay. going? Uh, right. For this one, uh, for those of you going, I'm going to try to pretend like I'm a local. Uh, you're going to be heading uh, westbound on the A4, 6.4 miles, <laughs> a 17-minute mi- drive. But let's be honest, none of you have cars, so you're not going to be taking uh, cars to get there. Uh, the G-Tech Stadium. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, you're going to just pass Gunnersbury on your way there. Don't miss it. Uh, keep going once you hit there. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to be back. Get on the tube, go to your pub, follow the rest of the crowd in. That should probably about do yes, it. Yes, yeah. it is good. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Again, a ton of content coming out this week. Uh, a friendly reminder that Blue Royalty, the women's pod, are now officially on their own feed, which is super exciting. It's well-deserved. Now, if you are a massive Chelsea women's fan, as you should be, um, you mm. don't have to wait till Tuesday for them. They deserve to come out Monday on a, after a match, just like the men's team does. So, uh, actually, you know, huge thank you to Blue Wire for helping us make that happen. Uh, Nick, you've been the engine behind it. This podcast has been growing season after season. Uh, well, not really, because it's only been around, but like match after match, it's been growing. Uh, we want to give it the room to breathe, and we're really excited about this move that we were able to make. That's right. We're, we're giving you a bit of a buffer period. Okay, a couple of weeks where we will post in both feeds. But please, please, please go to your podcast app of choice, type in Blue Royalty, get the old follow button clicked, give it a rating, perhaps maybe a review if it lets you Uh, first Blue Royalty match review coming out tomorrow on that feed. Very excited, very proud of the work that uh, myself, Jesse and Abdullah and so many others have put into that show because I think we're. I think we're killing it. Well, without a doubt, which is actually today that you're listening to this as well. So whatever app you're oh, in, yeah. go check it out. Yep. Blue Royalty, super cool artwork. It's its own. You're probably familiar. We've been starting to post it in here. Unless you're on Apple Podcasts, they don't do that. Um, so go subscribe, and then you'll get double the content, double the fun. Anyways, we're out. Uh, we have more podcasts to record. Super secret project that's fun and exciting coming up. Uh, AKA, we are not done producing content this season. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.